Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, um, Brother Lucky, if you can be so kind just to, I'm just going to ask the worship team to take the seats, uh, but the band to stay put, please. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, Father, we have gathered as your children this morning, Father, in your house. Father God, bringing songs of praise this morning, Father. 
Father God, for you are such a good, such a kind Lord, Father. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, O Lord, Father, we come under expect expectation this morning, Lord. Father, we are this morning the clay and thee the potter, O Lord. Father, Lord, as we come and take over the service now, Lord, Father, we pray, O Lord, Father, may you have preeminence, O God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, God, we pray now, Lord, Father, for the youth, O God, as they rise, O God, to this occasion, O Lord. Father God, it has been long, Father God, service in, service out, that they heard of what a good God you are, O God, Father. Father God, now it's time for them to come back, O God. Father God, and reflect, O God, what they have learned, O God, from Thee. Father, we pray now, Lord, Father, may You, Father God, use them as instruments this morning, O Lord. Father God, and may they be a blessing unto us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As we take the comfort out of our seats. So... Lighthouse Tabernacle Youth Day take over. It's not a heist. <laughs> um, it's just for the young people to step up and show what they they are made of. So the first slide there. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Yes. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. Amen. Then our second slide, I don't know if it will reflect, yes. We welcome you. Arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. We also will be with, he, with thee. Be of good courage and do it. Amen. That's just the encouragement to the young people this morning. And then uh, from the youth, just a Father's Day message as well. We'd like to wish you a happy Father's Day from Lighthouse Tabernacle Youth. Amen. Just want to read a scripture. Matthew 25 verse 14. The parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to others two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Amen. We all know the parable and as I said, these young people have all received a talent. Be it when the occasion came up, Brother Clement was first to run to me and say, I'll open in prayer and I will do announcements. Amen. And if you know Brother Clement, he is... I thought I was shy. But Brother Clement is on another level. Amen? 
But that just goes to show that he's got that confidence in God this morning. Amen. So this morning we would just like to thank Pastor for this opportunity. Uh, it's, I think uh, the youth didn't believe us when we mentioned it to them up until uh, we gave them a date and then all of a sudden uh, the program started changing. I think, but I trust that there'll be a blessing. So we'll start off with a few um, song items. Sister Shalom, Sister Shiloh, Sister Precious and Sister Pumi and Sister Moline. Amen. As you come to the fore, uh, you can take a seat here and then each render your item. Amen.
sinto. She was a broken being from within and without, noticing the result of these things that surround she subjected to be the subject of sin. She was but a child. Then, not now, plain was the path Mama persistently prayed to protect her from being prey to the hounds at bay. Still learning her ABCs, just as a child is trying to see, but see, she's not a child now. She was but a child then. Equations became an attraction like Pythagoras, patterns and pictures, painted by problems, places, people, provoked by pieces. Her poetry became reality. She became the actor in the stories she described yet despised. Her actions became part of the equation with X and Y. This would add to the product extracted by these multiple reasons. Her thoughts captured in division. The mind of this being became like a casket of dead man's bones. Brokenness was simply an excuse. The only description that seemed sensible to use, she became not what she claimed. Some call it hypocrisy. And yes, quite bluntly plain, as you're looking at me, she practiced hypocrisy. Part of this practice was obviously the payment, provided she played well. Positivity was an inevitable compliment. That comment, and in time, communicate their need for this. This. Whatever it is she seemed to claim. How could this be? Her need for speed became like a corrosive disease, creating corruption in mind, in heart. She became harlant. Not physically, but spiritually, emotionally. She entertained these thoughts that embraced her in the night, whispers and words, tangled and text and phones like yours, the things it contains. You hide and seek for no one to see and speak. You're sick but complacent in your bubble because you think finding help will prove trouble. So you act like you're fine, clearly freezing it out in your mind with pride like a foolish child. You think you know better than the one who created thee. So, like she, you have become a hypocrite. To condemnation, a puppet, an example of what not to be, even to yourself, you tell it, but pardon my intrusion. It is with reason, so I say it as I stated. She, being within the walls of a church, but not within its life, became the reason of unfulfilled lives, unedified individuals who had once embraced the truth from lips, now broken and fallen from grace. They could no longer trace the words and truth that once brought them to this place. I tell you not of her to bring the story to a happy ending, but to have you give your full attention to what is pending, for I've seen with his eyes of mine a path of pain from an illicit practice. So I wrote this, for I learned to reach hearts then speak truth. To be shunned is inevitable, but still speak truth. I speak the truth. Never so look up to one that you forget the Son of God. He is the only being we should focus on being like. He who never fell but reaches to the fallen. For he experienced that, oh, and was broken for the broken to break every chain that binds us. So he went up on the cross to pay the price for sinners. Just like me, she is the product of confusion, perversion, and delusion. She prays to find the path once bathed before she became a slave. She walks to find grace at God's feet. Just like we seek his face daily because truly we are unworthy, unforgivable, ungrateful, and unrighteous people. We need to place our knees at the altar to be altered, lest we be ousted on the day of judgment. Judge yourself and be honest. Your heart tells you the truth. Even when you don't want to hear it, accept it. There's a voice that daily speaks to you. Let it speak. We cannot deny the right. For we are programmed to know wrong from right. Now let your heart heed to the light in spite of how you perceive or simply how you think you pertain. There's an invitation to be redeemed, to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So please mind the gap between you and Christ, your soul. Please do not sacrifice. I speak to the believer and the ones making a decision. Christianity is not just a religion. It is a life worth living and leaving the world for. God's hand is extended to all. 
like the story I told, her life still unfolds, just like yours, just like me. She is listening and she hears beyond the ears and the tears here. Hear the heartbeat of the broken. Here it is. Listen. While you here, make a decision.
Amen. Thanks, uh, brothers. You can take the comfort of your seats. I would just like to read a love letter. You may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways, even the very ways on your even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chase you when I plant, planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are freely and wonderfully made. I knit, I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am, I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I have, I am in awe of thee. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plans for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sands of the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, for it is I who gave you the, those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could 
be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave you everything. I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus Christ, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come, have all I, I throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and always will be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Amen. Now I would take the opportunity to ask Brother Tabang to step to the fore. This young man has a testimony to share. And the first question he asked me this morning is, do you have an interpreter? Unfortunately, I understand some Zulu, so I trust God will interpret the rest to you. Amen. Shalom, Zins. testimony Because he was a believer. 
I'm from the Sugoti. You touch me. In front of and my son. Never give up hope. No, 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 I never even believed that there was God that would even answer my prayers. And my grandmother got sick. The one that we had to remain with. I said, God, why would you do this? In one year. I was I'm not waiting for recovery now. You never even gave me a chance to recover. So that my, my heart can let the thing that you have taught me, it wasn't to play. Sometimes we take our grandfather's life. Things that they tell us, we think that it's old fashioned. Because it's one pillar in life is much. Because we want to live a modern life. But but I listened to my grandfather. Me praying. My prayer has been answered. God gave me a father and mother. The one that I had lost. They have been replaced. The one that replaced them is System Tau and Round. I just want to say thanks to them because they pointed me the way of faith. Because I had been, I was lost. But now I found the way. That where um, success and faith is. No matter how difficult it may be. Kneel down and pray. Prayer. God hears prayers. And uh, He won't answer in your time. So He will answer in His time. You may lose hope, but he's going to give you strength so that you carry on. 
so that you can have strength. Yeah, I really Amen. Amen. So this morning, if you were discouraged, if it seemed like if there's no hope, there's a young man that knows the meaning of losing everything and being able to stand today and point his victory to the cross. Amen. Amen. I'm going to call Brother Tebucho to the fourth now. Saints, and I greet you in the name of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I'll be reading a poem for Father's Day. Fatherhood is God's idea. Thanks be unto God, our Father, for his great work in creating man. God decided to reproduce himself, so he formed man with his hand. God crowned man with his glory and gave him dominion over the earth. He made man a little lower than the angels and honored him with great worth. God endowed man with wisdom, so great things he would be able to do. He made him in the likeness of himself, so man could become a father too. Creating man was God's best work. He gave him authority and great might to, to provide for the needs of his family and courage to face the darkest night. We honor God for his creation and for making man his masterpiece. He is to be an extension of Christ Jesus, so God's kingdom work will not cease. So we salute fatherhood everywhere. It is high position in the land. It's no greater honor than being called dad and no greater foundation on which to stand. Thank you and happy Father's Day. That was sweet and short. And I ask Brother Tumi to step to the fore. Uh, Shalom, saints. I would like to greet you all in the most wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, I would, Brother Ward, Pastor, I'd like to thank you for giving me this opportunity to share a few words with the church. So, my, my subject today is going to be on influence. May we please turn our Bibles in the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 26, from verse 3 to 5. May the brothers bring it on the board. Amen. 
Second Chronicles chapter 26 from verse 3 to 5. Are we ready, church? Amen. Uh, okay, here, here it goes. Um, 16 years old was Ozia when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jecoliah of Jerusalem, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understand, understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Amen. So, in this chapter, it shows us how Ozia's life was and how he became king and what he did right to become king. But my focus is on the people who had influence on him, which is his parents, Amaziah and Jecoliah, and his prophet, um, Zechariah. His parents had a godly influence on him, which was wonderful because you could tell that he had a proper, healthy relationship with his parents. The prophet Zechariah also had a godly influence on him because whenever Ozia wanted to seek God, Zechariah would help him understand the visions he was having of God. So Christian believers, if we can allow ourselves to be influenced by Brother Branham, we also will have a better understanding of God and how we should live our Christian lives. Yes. It says here in, the, in verse 5 that as long as Ozia sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. We Christian believers must also seek God all the time in our lives because God will make us prosper in our lives. Influence. So the reason why I see it important to talk about influence today is because too many young people of our day are led by the wrong influence of our friends of this world and family. And in the end, it leads to all nothing but destruction. But I'm here to talk about the differences between the wrong influences and the right influences in life. Now, in life, we always have a choice to make. We always have a choice to make bad decisions in our life and good decisions in our life. For example, you always have a choice to go out with your friends instead of going to church, which shows that you took a bad choice in your life. And then on the other one, you choose to go to church instead of going out with friends, or even better to choose to invite your friends to come to church instead of going out with them shows that you took a good choice in your life. Now, the one way you pick going out with your friends instead of church shows that you were led by the wrong influences of your friends. And the one way you pick going to church instead of going out with friends shows that you were led by the Spirit of God. I also want to add another th thing that's important. We as young Christian believers have the power to influence our, our friends, our families, and other people out there. We, um, we have the power to influence our unbelieving friends and family into going to church with us instead of going out to show that Sunday is the day of the Lord. We have that power, church. God gave us that power of the tongue to influence our friends in the right way. Yes. I would like to back up this subject with a quotation on influence, paragraph 29 and 30. May they please bring it on the board. Okay. 
Mas I read? Oh, on influence, paragraph 29 to 30. Sixty-three dash one one three zero B. Okay. But Ozia had been brought up right, and he was. We understand now in Second Chronicles twenty-six. You can read the story that at the age of sixteen he was made king after the death of his father, and he became king at sixteen, having had these godly parents. He started right off with his kingdom to do that which was right. He never catered to popular opinions or politics of that day. He served God. In paragraph 30, he says, Now that is a good man to be influenced by, a man that will take his stand for that which is right in the time of when popular opinion is running contrary and politics is running contrary, but a man that will set right straight in the road. So young people, we should be more like Ozia. Who, was, who allowed himself to be influenced by his godly parents, his godly um, prophet, and by God. He was not influenced by the popular opinions or politics of that day. He just simply served the Lord. So young people, we should just allow ourselves to be simply serve the Lord. Now I'm going to read on another paragraph on the same book on influence, paragraph 42. It goes, you must be a servant to Christ to stay honorable with that word because that word will reflect itself through you. And you're going to influence somebody that's watching your life. Young people, likewise, business um, men, the same way. Now, since we must allow us, we must always be careful on how we live because there are people out there watching how we always live. We may never know if we're influencing them or not, but we've got something that can guide our lives, and we should live as a Christian life. It's the spoken word. The spoken word can teach us on how to live our lives and influence people out there in the right way. Saints, I don't know how to say this, but we are truly blessed on this earth. We should really thank God for the true prophet we have today. So, thank you. Uh, if I may, uh, Pastor is blushing right now. <laughs> I'm going to ask Brother Tom to step to the fore. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> brother, what tricked me? He just told me you're going to speak. If I, had, <laughs> if I had the opportunity to choose, I was going to sing. Definitely. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I thank the pastor and uh, the church for giving us such an opportunity. It's never an easy thing to stand in front of the church. It's like you're addressing someone's wife. You just don't say funny stuff. This is the, this is the bride of Christ, so <laughs> you need to, uh, to address with caution. 
Um, yeah, I was blessed with the, uh, the message that the pastor preached um, on Wednesday, which was talking about a difference. So, uh, and then I, was, I, I remember I was reading in the seven church ages, and then I was just scrolling through, and then I realized I had marked something to do with that difference. But now, to just lay a background, I want to read in the message um, led by the Spirit of God, 560723. So, in paragraph 50, I just want to take the last portion of that, uh, mess, of that paragraph. It says here, I want you to notice Moses was a coward with all of his military training, with all of his theology, with all of his understanding of the Bible. Moses was a coward. He's just a man. <clears throat> Even with all his military prowess, if he could conquer troops. But that same Moses, when he committed treason and he committed murder in Egypt, he fled like a coward because there was nothing in there. But at the backside of the desert, uh, it's at the top of this quotation, uh, Brother Branham was speaking about at the backside of the desert, after that encounter, Brother Branham says the Holy Ghost made a big fire. And as he got out of that, of that, um, that presence, Brother Branham also said he went with his crooked stick, took his wife, and he went and, uh, uh, and led a one-man invasion into Egypt. So Moses coming out of Egypt was fleeing as a coward, as a man. But after the encounter, he went and, and, and actually showed his passport on the Egyptian borders. <laughs> he said, I'm back. Because he was no longer a man. After the encounter, there was a difference now. It was the same Moses, but it was a, a, a different. There was a difference. And then if we go to our father Abraham, he was a married uh, young man, maybe probably my age, looking forward to have a very big family and grandkids. He was just a man then, in this cell. But when the visitation, the encounter happened at 75, that changed the whole game. And at 95, he gave birth to a young Isaac, old enough to be his great, great, great grandson. Now that wasn't Abraham. <laughs> there was no difference because there was an encounter now. There was an encounter there when Melchizedek came and said, you shall have a, a son by Sarah, your wife. But they put in their own interpretation in the, and they thought, you know, Sarah, Haggai is Sarah's property, but God meant Sarah. And they had that baby. It was not a man. There was a difference between Abraham when he got married and Abraham when they had a kid. Amen? And then we talk of Elijah. He was fleeing with his head, fleeing Jezebel. The ravens had to intervene. God had to use the ravens to feed him. That was Elijah the man, a coward, just like any one of us. If your life is in danger, you run. But when the encounter happened, the inspiration dropped. He was told to go back, fed the same Jezebel to the dogs. There was a difference. There was an encounter. Amen. And then we talk about the, the apostles. They were told by Jesus Christ, go and wait. Uh, they went inside, they, they barricaded their doors. Look how cowards act. You can't barricade the army 
inside the room. I mean, if the army is after you, but they just acted like any other normal human being would act. They went and hit. They were just men, but they were waiting. As soon as that inspiration dropped, they found themselves on the streets. A convention took place in the streets <coughs> from the people who were hiding before. Amen. There was a difference. Yes. And then in, uh, in the Seminian Church Age, the Church Age book, page 123, I don't know the paragraphs, um, but I just want to, to read and, uh, and maybe get out to understand the, mm-hmm. how the prophet also described this difference. Um, <clears throat> he says, you see, the one difference between Israel and the rest of the nations was God. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Put God to one side and Israel was like any other nation. Amen. 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 When Samson cut off his hair, he was like any other man. Mm. Amen. Put the leadership of the Holy Ghost aside, and the church is nothing but the world with God's name attached to it. Mm. Amen. Amen. The world and the church are all of the same lamp, just like Jacob and Esau were of the same parents, but the Spirit of God makes the difference. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian. Anyone can do that. The point is whether, is whether or not you have the spirit of God in you. For without that spirit, you are a reprobate. Yes. You are none of his. Amen. Not too long ago, I asked a lady if she, was, if she were a Christian. She said to me, I will have you know, sir, that I burn a candle every night. What in the world has that got to do with it? I'm a Methodist. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. That hasn't the thing to do with it. It is the Holy Ghost or perish. Amen. So that's my encourage. The, that's my encouragement uh, for for all of us young people and the old alike. Let's have that encounter. Let's have that experience. Just like the pastor has been going on with it for a long time. It's the Holy Ghost or perish. God bless you. Amen. Sometimes we choose to hide behind instruments. (laughs) And yet, there's a well flowing. Amen. Lastly, I'm going to call up Brother Litabo. Amen. Bless you, saints. Um, I would like to greet you in the most powerful name of Jesus Christ. It's such a great privilege to be able to stand before you today. I would like to thank our precious pastor for giving us, the youth, an opportunity to share a few words with you, the congregation. Um, It is such a great honor. Okay, I I would like us to open on Isaiah 64, 
verse 8, if the brothers can show it on the projector. Now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. This verse has a very simple analogy, compares the potter to the pot, the clay. In this verse you can see, you can clearly see that the potter is the father, our heavenly father can also go with our earthly father. Our earthly father will mold us into the pot which we have to become, our full potential. Because we are the clay. We as the clay, we need to be molded in a certain way. Without the potter, we won't reach our full potential. skip the part. Before I begin, I would like to wish all our fathers present today a wonderful Happy Father's Day. To commemorate this occasion, I would like to read a short poem titled Dad by Karen K. Boyer. He never looks for, he never looks for praises. He is never one to boast. He just goes on quietly working for those he loves the most. His dreams are seldom spoken. His words are very few. And most of the time, his worries will go unspoken to. He's there, a firm foundation. Through all our storms of life, a, stead, a sturdy hand to hold. The times of stress and strife a true friend we can turn to. When times are good or bad, one of our greatest blessings, the man that we call dead. Mm. Uh, can we please? I would like the brothers to open the message as the eagle stirreth her nest and fluttereth over her young. He will bear thee upon any time. Brother, don't you never worry. He will watch you. He knows all about you. He loves you. You're his child. Don't be scared to tr trust him. If he shakes you off out in the air, he's just trying to give you a solo flight. We're going to take a big one. One of these days, go plump into glory. So you better learn to trust him now while you can. Mm 
You can't do it with all them loose feathers hanging around you. You better get down where the winds are blowing from heaven. Shake all the things off of you, all the world and all the cares of the world, and all the love of the world out of you. This quotation has a simple message that God is the father eaglet, and we, his offspring, are the little eaglets which need guidance in order to fly, guidance to reach our full potential, guidance to be released into the world, but knowing that we'll come back. This outlines the importance of a fatherly figure in a child's life. An earthly fatherly figure forms an important part of a child's life. God placed fathers on the earth to provide guidance to future generations, to provide guidance and wisdom to future generations. Likewise, to protect his offspring and nurture an environment of trust love and compassion. All that our earthly father, all that our earthly fathers have done is what our heavenly father, God, has done infinitely before the beginning of time, before the creation of man. Ultimately, this outlines the topic of my message, the importance of a father. God's love for us, even before we're created, is the greatest example of fatherhood. Thank you. Amen. It's really an honor to be able to present these young men to the church this morning. We do not have entertainment programs. We do not have a whole bunch of things to keep them busy with. This is all but influence from in the church. These young men look up to the church. They look up to pastor, they look up to their parents, and we as elders have a pivotal role to play. I'm led to, to nature. You look at a tree that's planted in the right circumstances, that tree must just grow. You take that seed, you put it in the ground, and all that it has to do is to grow. But for it to start life, it has to go to trials. It has to go through a whole lot of darkness to break free. But ultimately, that seed's eyes is looking to the sun, S-I-N. So too, this young man and girls, they look to the S-O-N this morning. 
they draw their inspiration from the SON. So if you take a tree, and I'm fortunate enough to live in the Lowfeld now, and if you drive, you'll find a cliff where there's a mudslide that took place. So obviously that comfort zone has shifted. You find this tree hanging from the cliff. Yet, if the roots were deep enough, that tree still continues to grow, regardless of the surrounding. So too, these young people today, they may go through a lot of things especially in this time that they find themselves in. Brother Brenham says in one of the messages, he says, let me prophesy something to you just before it comes to pass. The whole world is groping in insanity and it will get worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, it will be a bunch of menaces. Amen? So if you, as a parent, think you had life figured out, these young people are going through so much more. I mean, the governments of this world is telling teachers to be sensitive to the children's sexuality. How on earth do you tell a seven-year-old to be neutral? That's how sick this world has become. For a child to choose after he has been created by God, what gives us or gives the government that authority to make a call like that? And these young people have to live in a, in a world filled with those type of distractions. They have to grow up in an environment that changes rapidly. From day in, day out, you hear an eight-year-old is suffering from depression. Last week we buried a 19-year-old sister. Depression. She committed suicide. Those are the demons that these young people battle on a daily basis. But this gathering is not for nothing. It's in this gathering that the roots, the roots are strung deeper into the ground. And I'm privileged to stand here this, this morning and notice that even though they look up to their parents, they look up to pastor, they look up to the church, they know that that is not all. That they should fest and focus on Jesus Christ this morning. This morning... I look at that tree 
on the cliff and I ask myself, but half of the mountain slid away already. That tree doesn't grow skew. That tree gets a way to grow straight up again. You look at that tree in the morning, it's facing east. You go and look at the same tree in the afternoon, it's facing west. And that's my encouragement to the young people this morning. Is that you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You need to keep your eyes on the sun. And he will sustain you. And the strange thing about it is, the more you keep your eyes on him, the more strength you'll draw, the deeper your roots will go. So this morning, Brother Brenham says, take the message, take it into your heart that you must have the token, the very life that was in Christ be in you. That's my encouragement this morning to the young people. That no matter what life throws at you, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Here we are. I can fail you. I'm just man. Pastor can fail you. He's just man. Your mother, your father will fail you. They are just human. But God cannot fail you. If you stick to his word, take him at his word. He cannot fail you. Brother Branham says, no matter what the world has to say about you, work to please God. It's not, it's not easy making the choices that you've made to serve Him and living in this generation that you find yourself in. Brother Branham says, do everything you can to build the kingdom of God. And this morning, you laid a foundation, you laid a brick. This morning, it must have been nerve-wracking. I wonder how many of you actually slept last night. I know I was up from 2 o'clock this morning. <laughs> because I believe and I trust in you that you've made the choice. You've seen what influence does. And you chose the right influences. And I pray this morning that whatever you take on next, may this brick that you laid today be one of the first in your foundation. I know we've seen a lot of the brothers, they come in and out, the sisters, they'll in and out. And yet, these are the next ministers. These are the next evangelists. These are the ones that will take the baton and carry on. And I thank Pastor for this opportunity that he gave us to come and showcase what talents you guys went and you took that little that you had and you made more, you made something out of it. And I thank God this morning that we could have this opportunity just for you to stand in the front. I know sitting there and I'm looking at the hands 
I'm looking at the feet. But they did it out of love. And they've seen the love that we as the church give and they harness that. It's very important for us as the church to love them. They will fail, they will fall, they will stumble. Never, never judge them. It's the biggest mistake we can make if you want to lose these young people today. You judge them. You show them love. Even though they went contrary, even though they fell, you show them love. You show them love as a mother's love. Brother Brenner make reference to the possum. He says, it's strange how he speaks of the lady, the woman that um, threw a child in the river, the baby in the river. And he said, an animal, a possum, showed more motherly love. So this morning I want to encourage parents, caregivers, elders to love these young people. That's the only way how we're going to keep them is if we teach them the secret of love. We expect God to love us regardless of our mistakes, regardless of our failures. Can we do the same for the young people? We came a long way. Along the way, we left a few behind. But I'm encouraged this morning. I want to say to those parents, they are not lost. They're still in our prayers. We still trust God to make a way. This morning, it's really an emotional time because we're celebrating Father's Day and these young men come and reference the greatest father of them all. They go beyond the earthly fathers and God is love this morning. He came down, he sent his only son. I mean, Abraham tried it. He tried to sacrifice his only son. But God came and he did it for us. He sent Jesus our way. And I really want to encourage the young people to keep your eyes on Jesus. The earth around you might fall away. You might go through a season of drought. You might even go through a season of flooding. The winter may came, may come. But if your roots is in the right place and your focus is on Jesus, then you'll overcome everything. Amen. I would just like to ask pastor to lead us in prayer as we pray for the young people. I think it's important 
that we remember them in our prayers as much as we have our needs as much as we have our desires let's put them first today let's remember them in prayer because it's important it's important because this is the young people that will carry the baton tomorrow and we look forward to the next service amen amen God bless you. Uh, are you happy with what young people have done? Yeah. Sometimes all you need is somebody to say, I believe in you. It does wonders. The statement, I believe in you. Uh, and today we just wanted to set this service aside to say, we as the church, we believe in you young people. We got dressed, we came to church to just to show you that we love you as our young people. Now, before I pray, brother, bring this Psalm 68, 78, rather. I didn't know the program as well. They gave me heads up yesterday. Uh, it was entirely at uh, brother Watt's uh, discretion as well. But he... Uh, it's a well-executed service. Amen. Shall we read it together in verse 5, brother? A father of the fatherless. A judge of the widows. He is God in his holy habitation. The Bible here simply tells you that he is the God of the vulnerable. The young man says, I lost my father and my grandfather. My grandmother got sick, but today I've got a father and mother because God brought a father and mother my way because he's a father to the fatherless. He's a judge of the widows. He will judge kindly and is God in his holy habitation. How many agree with that? Let's do verse uh, 8, my brother. Uh, let's 78, verse 8 now. Psalm And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart right, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. We want to avoid this generation. We want to avoid this generation. Same verse 8, brother. Or verse 32. 
For all this they sinned still. And believed not for his wondrous works. 33. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity. And their years in trouble. And when he slew them, then they sought him. And they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock. And the high God, their redeemer. 36. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongues. We don't want our young people to be like this. And the best way, the Bible says, teach the young generation his godly statutes and commandments. How do you teach them? We leave these things before them. We become God's billboard before them. And sometimes listen to them whether they understand the journey. And allow them to make mistakes. Allow them to make you cannot, if you want to perfect your children, you're going to kill them. Allow a room for them to make and show them love by correcting them. And then you will see them coming, coming. Hallelujah. And even those that are not here, we claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. They are, there's never a time where your child is no longer your child. A child remains a child irrespective and we say the Holy Spirit go after them and even those that are here may the Holy Spirit preserve them and we love you young people we appreciate you we give you this chance just to say this is a token of an appreciation from us as a church to say you matter we see you we hear you we observe you and we support you and believe in you shall we stand the whole church we are just going to say a prayer for our young people across the board, those that are here and those that are not here. We're just going to really break into prayer. If we lose them, we don't have a church tomorrow. If we lose them, we don't have families to tomorrow. This is very, very critical. Teachers, they know the world has gone haywire. You know what is happening? If today one of our young people was to go into a tavern, they will be warmly welcome. And if they were to dance, no one was going to criticize them. They will say, carry on, fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. They will hype them so that they can keep them, so that they can destroy them. But the problem sometimes in the church, we are too hard on them. They make one mistake, you write them off. Don't want to hear anything from you. Sometimes when they make mistakes, it's the time where you display your love. Say, my son, my daughter, I love you. I support you. Allow them to make mistakes. And train them. I look at Brother Ed Biscal, Brother Tim Prout, Brother Ron Spencer. 
Brother Ron Peterson, uh, Brother Johnny Reagan. I look at those ministers in Northern America, how they are training the next generation to minister. And I say, if we don't do it, their children are going to come and minister in our conventions while our children are picking chairs. May I believe in an exchange program. Brother Ed Biscal, send me a minister, I will send you a minister as well. Are you with me? Not just send, send. No, there are times where we need to say we've got these fine ministers. And how are they going to do it if we don't give them a chance? I was only 15 years old when I was given a chance to minister in, Sunday, in church on Sunday. 15 years of age. Elderly men were there, those that know Brother Chukudu. They were there. And I wondered, what are they listening to? But it's because that church had a motherly spirit that can nourish and groom us. And that's why today we can be of benefit to the body. And we say, as, we did, as they did unto us, let's do it unto others. Yes. Hallelujah. One day, Brother, what if the Brother Beckett says, I need a minister? We say, Pastor is not available, but we are sending you a young man. Yes. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to work in that way? Young people, train them in the worshiping team. Train them on the instrument. The more engaged they are, the lesser they are engaged in the world. The more engaged they are in the Lord, the less engaged they are in, out there. But sometimes we overlook them, but Satan doesn't overlook them. Satan engages them and embraces them. And even those that are not here, look for them and say, I thought of you last night, and I prayed for you. Do you know those words are so profound? To be told, I looked for you, and I thought of you, and I prayed for you. It means so much for that individual. Amen. I think we, let's just sing a worshiping song. The whole church, we're just going to pray for them. As the worshiping team comes. As the likes of Sister Skosana, they will tell you, kids have gone mad in schools. For you to have young people soberly is the grace of God. I want us to say, Jehovah, mighty warrior, great in battle. Hallelujah. And then we are just going to go into prayer as the whole church and just pronounce blessings upon our young people. The, even the country takes them seriously. We as well must take them seriously and point them towards the right direction. Let's just say Jehovah, great in battle. With our eyes closed, you know, we're just going to worship him. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah. 
Jehovah is your name.
gracious heavenly father the whole churches we pray for our young people we want to appreciate you this afternoon for your grace and mercy and dear god we want to pray for our young people especially during these dark times dear god where the devil has gone out on the offensive for the destruction of young people we see suicidal spirits, dear God, engulfing our young people, spirits of depression, spirits of delinquency. And a lot of times, dear God, even authorities don't know how to resolve it. But dear God, we are tremendously encouraged that for every question that the devil presents, there is a scriptural answer to that. And this morning, dear God, as the Church of the Living God, we want to pray for our young people. They deal with lots of spirits in schools. They deal, dear God, to the coming and have encounter with demonic forces. But right now, as the Church of the Living God, we are bringing a fortification around them. Dear God, we are sanctioning the Holy Ghost who is your agent to protect them against the evil influences in the end time, just for them to have the sobriety of mind when they make decisions. May their decisions be inspired by the Holy Ghost. May they not be afraid, dear God, to take a stance and never, dear God, to be roped in by spirits, dear God, of peer pressure. We want them to rise above the influences of this age. We want you, dear God, to protect them. Whatever they want to do, whatever they have set their minds on, may you make it such a reality, dear God. May you make them to prosper. We've heard, dear God, how Ozia, as long as he sought you, he prospered. May our people, young people, always seek you, dear God. And as long as they seek you, they shall prosper. I'm not only praying for them, only I'm praying for parents who are here, dear God. Most of the time, it's not easy being a parent in these last days, dear God. It needs, dear God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It needs the nudging of the Holy Spirit. There are times where as parents, dear God, we are overwhelmed because of the pressures of the time. Because each day it's a battle, dear God, that we need to fight in order to preserve our young people. But dear God, there is one thing that I love. The scripture says, when Satan cometh like a flood, God will raise a standard. And I believe a standard is being raised in the end time. And we even pray for our young people that are not here. They've heard the gospel, they know the gospel. And we send the Holy Ghost their way to bring a conviction, dear God. May they know it's not how many times you fall, it is how many times you rise that counts. And we say, God, may you intervene for them. May you bring, dear God, a desire to disruption until they say, oh, we need God. We need God's guidance. And they can remember the God of death and mommy. And dear God, I know you will be responsive to our prayers. We have had a testimony of a young man. How dear God, he was without a parents. But today he can say, now I have parents that God has provided for me. It is your amazing grace, dear God. And Lord, Brother Brenham says, schools have become havens of demons. They are going out there every day 
meeting so many things. But dear God, the Holy Ghost, may it be there at all times, dear God, whispering to them the right way at all times. And Satan, you are a liar. You are not going to rob us of our young people. As Moses told the Pharaoh, we are taking everything. We are taking our dogs. We are taking our wives. We are taking our children. We are taking everything in this Exodus. And even in this third Exodus, Satan, I'm telling you, we are taking everything. We are taking our wives. We are taking our children. Nothing that we love shall remain behind. We are taking everything, dear God. As we commit everything to you, even as the week shall begin, there are battles waiting for us. May you win them for us, dear God. May you open the ways for us, dear God. May you shame Satan and show Satan that you do indeed answer our prayers and nothing is impossible with you. Dear God, whatever needs that are in the building, I present those needs unto you. May you intervene. May you undertake. May you do the miraculous. May there be testimonies of your goodness and mercy. You are an amazing God. You have never, even one time, really let us down. You are incapable of disappointing us. Yes, we do disappoint you many times, but you have never disappointed us. And at this juncture, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our children to you. We commit even the marriages to you. We commit our finances to you. We commit every sphere of our lives to you. May you just come and have the preeminency and Satan should be defeated. All these things, dear God, we ask them believing in the most gracious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, just give us a song and then have a blessed week. Just turn around with your batting a current. Let's say, God bless you. It was good to have you in church. Amen. Just after church, you elders, just today, just pull one young person. Each elder, sister, everyone, elderly. Just pull a young person after church and just say something to encourage them. Will you do that? Even if you just say, young man, I observed you, I believe in you. Or young man, I'm watching you, I'm praying for you. Young sister, I'm your prayer buddy. Amen. Just give us a song, and thereafter you are dismissed. God bless you richly. Have a blessed week.
Oh, 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 oh,